Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not giving $6 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Check it out. Joe Biden negotiating a deal to free five American hostages in return for five Iranian citizens. And oh, by the way, opening up access to $6 billion. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Weapons grade stupid. We will discuss it with a man running to replace Joe Biden. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott joining me in this hour on a very busy Tuesday episode of Fox Across America. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show. It will also include Emily Campagno. And Brian Brenberg stops by to discuss Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm's EV trip. They put together a PR trip from North Carolina to Georgia to show the world just how good and practical and convenient EVs were. And let's just say not exactly uh, sticking the landing. It's a really funny story, but it actually involves them bringing along gas vehicles to reserve some of the charging stations to make sure she'd be able to get one. People calling the cops on Grand Home, <laughs> which I love so much because, you know, if you own an electric car, you have to work it into the first sentence of every conversation and it never belongs there. It's like, hi, welcome to Applebee's. Uh, can I start you off with a drink? Well, we drove here in a Tesla. <laughs> We've got a Prius outside. You know, they always and it's veganism on wheels. You got to work it into the first sentence of the conversation. In this instance, when they called 911, it was the first time in history they had a reason to work it into the first sentence of the conversation. 911, what's the emergency? Hi, I drive an electric car and the energy secretary, she's blocking my charging station with a gas vehicle right now. I mean, that's what's going on. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just... They're not respecting our country the way they used to. Well, there's no reason to based on the people running it. But 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of today's stampede of stupidity. That is our politics. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a There it is. There it is. Happy Tuesday. Uh, If you are listening down on one of our Florida affiliates, this is news to you. This is news to the whole entire world. Uh, But it's big news for you in the month of December if you want to hang out with your radio buddy. Just announced, just approved. All the proper people have had their little mafia sit down and they broke the bread and dipped it in the sauce and, you know, traded off some points in the horse racing racket for some points in the strip club racket. You know, (laughs) give me 2% of the hookers. Hubba, hubba. I kid. But uh, it is official. I am performing Saturday night, December the 16th, the night before my birthday. I will be at the Palm Beach Kennel Club in West Palm Beach, Florida. I mean. Dude, you put me in a casino nine days before Christmas, the night before my birthday. This could be a problem. I think they're billing it as the farewell show. (laughs) 
<laughs> the last Jimmy Fallon, the end of the line tour. I mean, I don't know. That can't be good. It's going to be a racket. But, yes, we are down in Florida. We are fired up to meet Sully and the gang at the Palm Beach Kennel Club Saturday night, December the 16th. Those tickets are on sale now. Visit the casino website. And let's get on with the show, shall we? Because yesterday it was, of course, 9-11. The president spoke about it. I don't remember that ever happening. But after becoming the first president in the history of 9-11 anniversaries to skip the New York area, to skip the D.C. area, to skip the Shanksville, Pennsylvania area, uh, President Joe Santos did give a speech yesterday in Alaska. And I say Joe Santos because like the Congressman George Santos Biden has become regularly known to pull stuff out of his. Here it is. Okay, Biden. And this is just such an embarrassing display, but it gets worse. But here's Biden opening his September 11th remarks with an attempted joke, which, again, okay, we told you yesterday there is a lack. They told you they were running on empathy, like empathy is back on the ballot. That's what that was the claim. You know, you're voting for Biden because he's an empathetic figure. It's Grandpa Joe. He's considerate. He cares. Wrong. Okay, the guy famously got caught staring at his watch as they were flying back, you know, flag draped coffins. After the Afghan troop withdrawal, he skips 9-11. I mean, if you remember, after the Maui fires were 13 days old, biggest fire uh, and devastating wildfire in terms of death in the history of the country, Biden was asked, hey, man, do you have any comment on this, Mr. President? He said, no comment. That was embarrassing. I mean, listen, there's only one comment. That's the only comment. This is heartbreaking. We'll do everything we can to help. That's the comment. Oh, my God, Jill and I can't believe it. This is unbelievable. And, of course, naturally, that's how everyone should feel. The president of the United States straight up gave a no comment. I mean, Biden sucks. And then when he went out there, what did he do? Well, I I know how you guys feel. We had a small fire in my house once, almost lost my Corvette, my cat. And everyone just like looked around at the guy in that moment. Like, what the hell did you just say? These people lost everything. It was 800 of them still missing at the time. Yeah, I know what you've been through once. Uh, I almost lost my cat. Nobody cares about your cat, okay? So we not care if you did lose your cat. These people actually lost everything. But it's the president trying to show you how he can bond and throw you some folksy charm. But what you need to understand, okay, is I don't know that he ever had a fastball, okay, but he's lost his fastball. And what the Bidens, who have been in politics, to be clear, they've been in Washington since Washington. Like, you know, I think his first apartment, he split with George. Uh, they consider referencing, references as bonding. Like, do you remember when Jill Biden went down to San Antonio and called the crowd a bunch of breakfast tacos? Straight up. It's like, you're all unique like a bunch of breakfast tacos. Now get her out. <laughs> get her out of here. The crowd was like, what did you wait? What? Because they consider that like bonding, you know. She said, you're as unique as the breakfast tacos at San Antonio or the Bogodas in the Bronx. The Bogodas. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. They're called bodegas, you idiot. But again, this is how uninvested they are in the people they're dealing with. They're not invested they're uninvested. It's, all right, we'll throw some cursory lip service. They'll like us. They'll feel like we bonded. So that's what Biden does yesterday. He tries to tell a joke 
to bond with the people who in Anchorage, Alaska, are, to be honest with you, pretty shocked to see the president of the United States on 9-11. Last I checked, al-Qaeda didn't fly a plane into an igloo or a glacier or a whale-watching expedition. With all due respect to Alaska, they didn't even attack a blockbuster video because that one went out of business. Bend, Oregon, now holding down the final fort. Hey, girl. Here's Biden telling jokes on 9-11. What an idiot. Clip one. Governor Don Levy, it's good to see you. Governor and I have something in common. We're both from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I wish I had him playing in my high school ball club when I was playing. But I would have, could have been an All-American having you in front of me. I mean. This guy's a serious ass. It's 9-11. Eh, we're both from Scranton. I wish I had him playing in high school. I would have been All-American. <laughs> what are you, Uncle Rico? Coach should have put me in. We would have been state champs. <laughs> you suck, you jackass. But here he is, bigger than that. Lying about being at 9-11, uh, being at ground zero the day after 9-11. This statement you're about to hear is a lie. Okay, clip two. I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> we never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day. And looking at the building, I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the Pentagon in Virginia. I spent many 9-11s in those hollowed grounds to bear witness and remember those we lost. You were lying your ass off. Because as it turns out, do you know where Biden spent the day after September 11th? Washington. But there he is in Alaska, nowhere near the attacks of 9-11. Why is he there? Because he needs to sell a climate change agenda in Vietnam so he can't make it to New York, D.C. or Pennsylvania. But then he's lying about it to boot. Guys, this is embarrassing. Okay, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. Okay, this is beneath us as a country to have a president. He says, never forget. Dude, you're in Alaska. (laughs) I got your back, 9-11. Yeah, way back. I mean, seriously. But the dumbest thing Joe Biden did yesterday did not involve 9-11. It involved Iran. We're going to discuss it with Tim Scott after this on Fox Across America. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total T. Nugenics Total T, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work in the gym in the bedroom how about it eugenics total t testosterone booster has testafin which will boost your testosterone you know the man hormone how about more of that you can try eugenics total t before you buy there's nothing to lose everything to gain now get a complimentary bottle of eugenics total t when you text 231-231 and enter the
the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And the DJ might sound fired up, but he's not nearly as fired up as this next guest is over his 1-0 Dallas Cowboys. South Carolina Senator, GOP presidential candidate, Tim Scott in the house at 1-0. Hey, man. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. It's always a good day to be a Cowboys fan, but no better day than when you're 1-0. All right. Well, let me just jump in here because I got to be honest with you. It's not always a good day to be a Cowboys fan. Like, if we're talking the last week of January, it has not been a good day to be a Cowboys fan in quite some time, sir. Jimmy, I will say that you're insulting, it's inflammatory, and unnecessary, especially in September. But I'm going to give you a break because this January, mm. when we are winning playoff games, you and I will be back on the radio talking about the Iowa caucus and the Cowboys. <laughs> and you know who else we'll be talking about? Lucy from <laughs> Lucy from Charlie Brown, who always holds up the football and pulls it away from him just when you well, think you got it. Tony Romo has retired. <laughs> I, I want to remind you of that. Remind you of that. Come on, I'm a media man, guy. Leave him alone. That's hilarious. All right, well, let's start here, okay? Because you are, by and far and wide, considered the nicest person in politics. Uh, how close did you, Tim Scott, come to actually dropping an F-bomb when you heard Biden was giving Iran access to another $6 billion? Unbelievable. Here's I came really close to calling the White House and say, please resign. I mean, frankly, <laughs> yep. the apology tour for how bad the economy would have been great because the American people deserve an apology from this president, from the disaster of our economy. He could have seen just recently thinking back over the fact that just two years ago last month, we saw the most remarkable, disgusting withdrawal from Afghanistan that left 13 American soldiers dead. Mm-hmm. And here we are. Was this president once again embarrassing us? It is hard to appreciate how disastrous his leadership has been for this country. It's crazy. We're talking to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and uh, it's really weird. You know, me and you talk in sports a lot, so I'll keep it there. It's like, you know when a team knows they're not going to make the playoffs, so they just start losing on purpose to get a better draft pick? I almost feel like this administration is tanking for a better spot in the draft lottery. How else do you characterize this? Well, here's what we know, though. Think, think about this, Jimmy. Let's continue on. If, if, you're, if you're a football fan, you know the one thing you need is a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. The worst thing you want is to have a bad backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so their draft choice has gone from Joe Biden being their number one draft choice to now having used their first draft pick mm-hmm. on Kamala Harris. I don't know that you can have a worse backup quarterback than Kamala Harris. So the challenge of the left, the radical left, is that they are so far out of step with football that they're drafting soccer players. This isn't pretty. (laughs) This is not good, man. Uh, Well, the nice thing is they seem to have the border under control. 
Well, you know, <laughs> the fact of the matter is that their definition of control is their definition, it's a similar definition that they used in the Inflation Reduction Act that actually increased inflation, made the average American lose thousands of dollars of, of spending power. Yes. The definition of control is an unsafe, insecure, and wide-open border that's led to the deaths of 70,000 Americans in just 12 months. I can't think in their completely alternative version of reality mm-hmm. a better definition of controlling the border than an unsafe, insecure, wide-open border. The president wants us to believe what he says despite what we can see with our own eyes. And frankly, can you imagine, Jimmy, with the end of Title 42, seeing 10 million illegal crossings in the next two years under this president? Yep. I know it's it's crazy. I mean, I, at this point, I would be more comfortable if they were just playing the Janet Jackson song Control at the border. Maybe would <laughs> maybe some people didn't like the loud music. It would turn them away. I mean, I'd take that control at this point over anything they're telling me is control. Well, all I can hear the American people singing is, We've lost that loving feeling. It's time for a new president. <laughs> it's karaoke night on Fox Across America. Back, it's back-to-back music references. It's two for Tuesday. Uh, let's talk about this. we got another debate coming up. It's on the Fox Business Network. Everybody's excited. It's Wednesday, uh, September the 27th. Uh, you'll be, of course, on that stage making all kinds of magic happen. We've been thinking about this because we, you know, our listeners genuinely like you. They love your platform. They love your vision for America. And we want to spice up your image. Is it time for Tim Scott to date a rapper? Well, uh, no, uh, my girlfriend doesn't rap. Uh, She doesn't rhyme, but she's a really good golly woman. I will say, however, Mm -hmm. it is time for us to make sure that the American people see the contrast between the candidates. It's really, really important. Unlike Muhammad Ali, who would say, my face is so pretty. I don't see a scar, which proves I'm the king of the ring by far. Uh, those days should be over. We should be rapping did, did you Muhammad just put Ali out a rap or, album instead of your girlfriend? Or, Is that what just happened? Or, or, or Eminem. We should not have rapping on any uh, any stage in, in the Republican primary. Which is I would prefer to have a song by Journey or a song by the Doobie Brothers that she and I went and saw the, the concert this past weekend. Here's what I would recommend, however. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this, that we focus on the future of this nation and make sure that we have an, another American century. And that will require for us to fire Joe Biden, to fire Merrick Garland, to fire Christopher Ray, and then go to the Department of Education and fire Randy Weingartner as well. If we do those things, the American future will be brighter and better because we will have balanced approach from a common sense conservative approach to making this country the greatest nation on God's green earth. If we do that, Tim Scott, I'll put out the rap album. How do you feel about that? Well, just go back to Rapper's Delight at least. I mean, let's go back to the original (laughs) rap song that made sense that we could understand the words that were coming out of the mouths of those who were singing or or talking. Well, that was – well, let's start though, because that's the Sugar Hill Gang, okay? Uh, And you're in your 50s, so for you it's the Splenda Hill Gang, No. Well, actually, it's equal. Splenda is, is the, the yellow equal version. Hill I gang. like the blue version. I had scores of the red version. So right, if you, you want to get to the, to the right, you got to go to the monk fruit. That's what we <laughs> as conservatives are now consuming in our sweetener. You got to get it right. So I'll tell you that. You September 27th, bring your Splenda, bring your equal, bring your monk fruit. And come to the debate, and let's have a good time talking about the great future of this nation and why I'm the best candidate to disrupt the lives of the radical left. And send shivers down the spines of both Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and get this nation 
united on conservative principles. Listen, we'd love it, man. Keep this swag uh, for the debate. We'll all be watching. We're pumped up for you. I appreciate you giving me some time. Good luck. Week two, you got the mighty New York Jets on the schedule, minus Aaron Rodgers, so you should be okay. Well, sometimes you get to pick your schedule. That's just as good as picking your winners. <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll tell the Jets you said so. You just gave them some bulletin board material. We love you, man. Well, we'll do it again soon, God, Tim. the next debate in Alabama, not New York. See you soon. <laughs> good, well, well played. There he goes, the great Tim Scott. We're back after this. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. How did the president mark September 11th yesterday? This is real. They made a deal with Iran. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. This, this happened. Iran, biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Okay, you understand. Sending their state money to all of these groups that want to harm Israel, that chant death to America. Okay, Barack Obama famously gave them $50 billion of cash assets during the Iranian nuclear deal. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the media did what? They cheered for him. They're like, oh, it's great. It's a signature foreign policy move. Journalism in this country is dead and buried. And why do I say that? Because any halfway decent journalist would have kicked the tires on the idea of giving $50 billion to a regime that literally chants death to America constantly. They vowing to wipe Israel off the map, screw the Americans, and the media was like, way to go, Obama! The media is a bunch of losers. Okay, Barack Obama was a terrible president. Okay, historic, but terrible for the country. Number one, his victories set us back on race relations. Because while a black president was winning with overwhelming majorities of white voters, the Democrats used every sing- single policy disagreement as a license to call Republicans racist. That's what went on. Democrats are so full of crap. Totally. But what did they do? Ah, what's so different about this president? That they don't agree with his policies to give $50 billion to a country that wants to wipe us off the map. What could it be about him? And uh, actually, uh, nothing about him. Uh, It was the fact that he was giving $50 billion to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Correct the mundo. Nothing to do with his background or his education or his ethnicity. There is not a color of person. If you're listening, okay, just get this out of your head. If you're Muslim, you want to be president someday. You're Asian, you want to be president someday. You're white, you want to be president someday. You're black, you want to be president someday. You're Filipino, whatever you happen to be. Latino, doesn't matter, okay? If you are a transgender fish, and you want to be president someday, okay? The American people are not going to be happy if you give $50 billion to a country that's vowing to destroy us. That's true. That is true. This is not a race issue. It is a stupid issue. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, the Iranian nuclear deal was stupid. Okay, we gave a country vowing to blow us off the map $50 billion in cash assets in exchange for their word that they wouldn't develop nuclear weapons. That's what Obama did. No, no, I'm giving them $50 billion, and they're going to promise me they won't develop any nuclear weapons. You know the people who say they're going to blow us up? Well, I can trust them on this. I'm going to trust them on this. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. You'd have to be. Now, here comes Biden on 9-11. 
Okay, let's give Doug Burgum some shine. We just had Tim Tim Scott on. Great interview. He's talking about his Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people think Tim Scott is well-positioned to win this election. Wrong. It's too early to have any idea. Nobody has any idea. Okay, you got polls and you got Trump with a big lead. So if nothing would have changed, you'd think Trump's going to walk away with this nomination. But if the field shifts up a little bit, Tim Scott's a guy with a ton of money and a ton of charisma, and you just don't know what direction this is going to take us in. Doug Burgum, uh, who I think's most significant contribution uh, to the first debate was probably his eyebrows. He does lead the league in eyebrows, uh, but by all accounts has done a great job in North Dakota. Here he is talking about 9-11 and the fact that Biden, on a day in which we vow to never forget the terrorist attacks on our country, goes out and makes a deal with the biggest sponsor of terrorism in the world. Clip 36. In North Dakota, we're doing everything we can uh, always to honor the military and the right. people that fight in our state. And it, it's just uh, amazing to me. But what's even more amazing is that on the same day of 9-11 that we hear from the Biden administration that they've cut a deal for $6 billion being released from South Korea to go to Iran, who's the greatest sponsor of terrorism. And so then that's how we're celebrating 9-11. I mean, seriously, think about that. Country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It's 9-11. It's a day to memorialize a terrorist attack. And that's actually what they did yesterday. Here's Pence talking about it. Take it past the 9-11 aspect of this, okay, with or without the 9-11 memorial. There isn't a good day to be making ransom payments to terrorist regimes. Not a good day. There's no good day to do it. You want to know why? Because it encourages more ransoms. Okay, just the same as we gave, think about this, Brittany Griner who hated America, okay, didn't stand for the national anthem, screw this place, the white supremacist nation. She brings drugs over to Russia, gets taken prisoner in Russia. Now, we're not on board with that, but we got her back by doing what? Trading Brittany Griner for the most notorious arms dealer in Russia, a guy who goes by the nickname the Merchant of Death. Okay, to be clear, Merchant of Death is a much better shooter than Brittany Griner. But even so, what are you saying to them? Okay, if you take Americans hostage, you'll get back high-profile people of your, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily of equal strategic importance to the mission. And I'm not saying I wanted Brittany Griner to die in a Russian prison. I'm happy she's home. She's just one of us, whether I agree with her or not. But what we did yesterday, just so we're all on the same page, is Biden cleared the way for the release of five American citizens detained in Iran by issuing a blanket waiver for international banks to transfer $6 billion in frozen Iranian money and agreeing to release five Iranian citizens. So you understand in this deal, if like you're looking at this like sports, we made a bad trade. I'm happy those Americans are home. I'm happy for their families. Make no mistake about it. Okay, but what we gave them in return is a five-for-five trade with an additional $6 billion going to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. Biden is such a disaster. Okay, Mike Pence talked about it yesterday. Let's get to him while he's still in the race. Clip 35. When we pay ransom payments to terrorist regimes like Iran, uh, we, we only encourage them and other similar terrorist regimes and those that sponsor terrorism to threaten the lives and, and the freedom of Americans around the world. So uh, when, when, uh, when I'm president of the United States, I promise you that we will stand firm. We'll always work to bring Americans home, uh, but we'll, we'll, never pay, we'll never pay ransom for Americans. 
I mean, and basically what he's saying to Joe Biden is you don't have a clue. Okay, you can't pay ransom because what ransom ultimately encourages is the kidnapping of more Americans. Again, not only is this going on, but it's going on on September 11th. There's a real indifference right now. And, you know, oftentimes, like if you're texting someone, okay, your words don't necessarily come off in the tone in which you would speak those words. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you got, you know, you send somebody a text message, you reword it to make sure, oh, yeah, by the way, this could be, you know, this this could go either way the way this reads. I know I mean it one way, but let's make sure they understand what I truly mean in this message. Okay, they're not doing their due diligence in the White House to check the message they're sending to the American people. Either that or they just don't care. Because if you're really looking at the messaging out of this White House right now, it's September 11th. The guy doesn't show up. He goes over to Vietnam so he can peddle climate change. Okay, already. That was embarrassing. Not great. Okay, but then you come back and you tell me what? Well, we're, you know, also on September 11th, he didn't just give a little speech and go to bed, you guys. He did send $6 billion over to Iran. See, he had a productive 9-11 after all. Not even close. It's terrible. But in somewhere in their heads, they thought this was a good move. And why did they think that? Because they've started to believe their own bull****. Here's the president's speech in China. So the president skipped 9-11 yesterday because he wanted to give lectures about climate change in Vietnam. And they're like, well, he had to go because, you know, the G20 summit was over there. So he couldn't be around on 9-11 because he had to stop by Vietnam after the G20 summit. Well, here's a newsflash. He could have went to Vietnam before the G20 summit because he was off the entire month of August. Bingo. Okay, the guy was on the beach 26 days out of 30. He could have cut that short if he needed to go to Vietnam, but he didn't go to Vietnam. It was more important for them to skip 9-11. Okay, they didn't want to be down there at ground zero because they know he's not popular with veterans' families. They know he's not popular with first responders, and they thought it was a bad optic for the president. So rather than showing up, they went to Alaska, which I got to be honest, I support all 50 states. I know the song. It's cute and hip and wonderful. Okay, but it has nothing to do with 9-11. But the president, in his head, has lectured so much and fraudulently so about climate change that they do believe there's a percentage of the American public that sees climate change as a bigger threat than another 9-11. They're crazy. I'm not kidding. Okay, there are people out there that think climate change is a bigger threat than nuclear war. Okay, scientists have a word for them. They're called President Biden. Here it is, clip 31. In addition to helping the environment overall, and the only existential threat humanity faces even more frightening than a, than a nuclear war, is global warming going above 1.5 degrees in the next 20, 10 years. And we're in real trouble. There's no way back from that. You are so full of sh- Climate change? Global warming? is a bigger threat than nuclear war? That is a fact check false. Dude, if a nuclear war breaks out today, we're all dead tomorrow. Okay, global warming isn't even happening. That's why they changed it to climate change. See, Biden's so out of it, and this grift is so advanced, the guy peddling it can't even keep up with it. Do you understand? 
it started out just you the climate movement. If you're new to talk radio, if you're new to politics, just so you know, the guy you're listening to right now doesn't care. I am not an activist. I'm a talk show host. If you meet me and you're like, Jimmy, we got to save this, but that's not my job. I'm a talk show host. Okay, my contribution to politics is lightening the mood. I'm trying to create a context where the policy people and the adults and the voters and the, you know, cable news pundits that agree and disagree and everything in between can just coexist by realizing, you know, the old phrase, what unites us is greater than what divides us. I don't even know that that's the case anymore because our politics are so divided. But at our core, people like to laugh and have a good time. And we do have basic needs. People want to get paid. People want to get laid. I love it when you talk dirty. So I'm basically catering to that subset of people who want to get paid, get laid, and have something good to eat. Okay, if you're in, I'm your guy. My party is the keg party. That's what I'm doing on the radio every day. Okay, I'm conservative unapologetically so. I think these policies are better for America, but I don't want to be in charge, okay? I'm just telling you straight up, okay, this is a grift. When it comes to the climate, it is a grift. It started in the 70s with them saying, you know, we're all going to freeze to death. We got 10 years, we're all going to freeze to death, so could you help out? Please give us money. And that's how it went. We're all going to freeze. And they gave us a 10-year deadline, didn't happen. Gave us a 15-year deadline, got 15 years. I know we said 10, the sign's a little off, but we're all going to freeze. Please give us money. Okay, then the deadline came, and did we freeze? (laughs) So what did they do? They're like, well, you know, we're going to melt. It's global warming. We're all going to melt, you guys. You better. Please give us money. It went down. We're going to melt. I'm telling we got te- We're melting. Al Gore just lost the election. He made a documentary. We're all going to melt. Please give us money. That's what he did. And they're like, global warming. We're all going to melt. And then his inconvenient truth deadline came and went. Did we melt? <laughs> no. So they changed the narrative again. It was no more global warming. It became climate change, which was actually genius because now you could attribute any weather development to this grift. Well, you know, there's a hurricane, climate change, forest fire, climate change. You know, there's a tornado, climate change. Never stopped once to ask if those things had been going on since the beginning of time in those regions. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. But most people don't. They go, oh, no, there was a a hurricane. That's not good. There was a, yeah, we should probably send something in because there was a hurricane in Florida. Hubba, hubba. I mean, I I don't think they meant hubba, hubba. I think they meant pay up, suckers. (laughs) But that's what goes on. (laughs) You know, there was a hurricane down in Florida. Wasn't it hurricane season? Oh, no, no. Damn it. Well, I already sent the money. It's too late. You know, there was a a wildfire in California. Doesn't that happen every August? Haven't they struggled with their forest management? Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Pay up, suckers. That's what's going on. They repurposed the grift to be anything that happens is a reason to pay them. Money, 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 money. And they've gotten so used to saying it, they believe it. Okay, Joe Biden flat out said that global warming is a bigger existential threat than nuclear war. Are you stupid or something? You are if you believe him. Okay, but that's why we wind up where we are. In their mind, it makes sense to skip 9-11 to peddle climate change because climate change is a bigger threat to you than terrorists. Is that true? Okay, but if you've been paying attention to this administration, they're not here to give you the truth. They're here to give you whatever it takes for you to fill up that collection plate. Please give us money. Jimmy Fallon. Nice kid, but a little dumb. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to go to the phones, 888-788-9910. Dennis in Salisbury, Vermont. Yo, Dennis. Jimmy, I'm batting lead off, and uh, hopefully you'll be able to pull the game out of the hole. But <laughs> um, listen, before, before this week and before the last couple of days, who knew that we had $6 billion in five prisoners that the Iranians had an interest in? <laughs> and, and why haven't the reporters told us what the balance is that we were holding? Yeah. You know, and, and I wonder if this exchange, uh, you know, leverage gets rid of the account, the, the leverage account, and, and the cupboard is bare now, so we have nothing to exchange the next time they take prisoners. Yep. Well, listen, it's it's scary because we've definitely created a market for taking them. That's the part, you know, that's got to freak you out a little bit is that we're spending money. You know, we're obviously the Brittany Griner trade, uh, you know, not the best trade <laughs> in terms of strategic importance. One guy's back on the battlefield killing people. Uh, the other's playing in a half empty arena uh, playing basketball. So I don't know, man. I, I don't. It's weird that they didn't concern themselves with the optics. But I think what they counted on was that the media wasn't going to report on it anyway. OK, because, there's you know, there's not a lot of attention being paid to this story. But it happened on September 11th, which I got to be honest, if I was worried about optics, I don't know that I'd be doing anything with a state sponsor of terrorism ever. But to be doing it on September 11th, doesn't it just seem a little short-sighted? It does. You know, if uh, if it wasn't for short-sightedness, they'd have no sh- they'd have no side at all in this. That's a good point. in this administration. But so nuts. Uh, what do you think of Tim Scott today? Solid. Uh, you, you know, Jimmy, I uh, yeah. I heard you say that you're a conservative, and we never see you at our meetings, man. <laughs> <laughs> your meetings i don't belong to aa yet i'm sure i'll get there i'm kidding uh dennis i do no, i'm kidding to too i, I uh, tim scott was tim scott is wonderful and you know what i'll take chris christie over the guy that's there now oh yeah no i would take any anything i you know that's a great one good point okay dennis always nice to have you buddy way to boost morale on the show uh there he goes he's not wrong about that uh, Dennis flat out saying he would take Chris Christie. There's a slob. There's a real slob. All right, Trump, relax. Uh, but I get it because what you're watching right now is just it's a glaring ineptitude and it's going to get worse. Like we'll have some fun with it the rest of the way because they tried to sell electric cars uh, <laughs> with Jennifer Granholm. That was a little bit of a backfire. And now we've got this. I'm When you talk about weapons grade stupid, I'm about to tell you something about the police force in this country that will blow your mind. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Whoa, there it is. Back in action on Fox Across America. Going to be a busy one. Emily Campagna is coming by. She is the human happy hour. We're going to talk about Speaker McCarthy launching a formal impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And we're going to get into, man, oh boy, oh man, this is a real thing. New York City cutting its police budget to help pay for the migrant crisis. Thank you for the education, gentlemen. We've just received a PhD in stupidity. Might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 888-788-9910 if you want to discuss it. We'll start there. We'll get to Biden. What you need to know about an impeachment inquiry really quickly is this is basically a fact-finding mission where they will use subpoena power to the extent that they can 
to get more documents on the overseas business dealings of Joe and Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. A lot of people feel that way. This could ultimately ensnare somebody like Jim Biden. But as Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen said last week, this is potentially a fool's errand because you can't impeach Biden as a president for things he did as a vice president. I admire your honesty. Okay, not a lot of people are telling you that. So I don't know where this is going to go. But to be honest with you, we shouldn't care politically. What I mean by that is, you know, I've said time and again, this isn't a deliverable. People aren't going to go vote Republican because they impeached Biden. Okay, they're not going to not vote Republican because they didn't impeach Biden. They're going to vote based on which policy has the best vision for our future and the most convincing means of selling that vision. That's what the election ultimately is going to come down to. That being said, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, if the Biden family is compromised, we do need to know that. So I don't oppose this and I don't care if, you know, you hear things like, well, it's an election year. They're going to lose some moderate Republicans if they make them vote on impeachment. So, yeah, technically so. But if the goal is politics, then we're all screwed as a country anyway. The goal should be getting to the truth. The goal should be holding people in power accountable. The goal should be making sure we don't have a president who's compromised. Because i got to be honest with you, a lot of times Joe Biden does not govern like we're his top priority. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. You talk about being a top priority. I don't see how anyone can feel that way. And this is the crazy part about our politics, okay? You know, the old adage in politics, if you followed it growing up, is, you know, I'm a Republican, my buddy's a Democrat, but deep down these guys only care about themselves. That was always the, that's all you ever heard. That was a, you know, running cliche. Okay, but there was always the pretense that they cared about us because they went out of their way to claim that they did. Come on, don't bullshit me. No, but that's exactly what they did. Now we care, the American people, we got to look out, we got to do that. They don't do that anymore. Like, they're not even pretending you're a top priority. The NYPD announcing, okay, that they're going to cut their overtime budget. Cut their overtime budget so they can help pay for the crisis, the migrant crisis, bringing migrants into the city. What the hell is the world coming to? I mean, we know what the city's coming to, okay? It's coming to San Francisco. And it's coming to San Francisco. Why? Because New York said they were going to be a sanctuary city. It was political posturing under Trump. I say political posturing because they knew when you had a guy actively cracking down on illegal border crossings, there was no chance you were going to have to take on excess migrants. Now, under Joe Biden, we've had seven million people cross the border illegally. And the secretary of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, I mean, when you talk about a real dirtbag, Okay, Secretary Mayorkas has presided over 7 million illegal border crossings that we know of. And here he is on CNN yesterday. I mean, put on the makeup and the size 12 shoes. Listen to this clown stuff right here. He says the border policy is working. That is offensive and it is not true. No, no. 7 million people crossing the border. It's working. A record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. It's working. I'm telling this is a model approach, he says. <laughs> Listen to this, clip 19. Within that broken immigration system, we are challenged by an unprecedented level of displacement in the Western Hemisphere of historic proportions. We have responded with a model approach that has proven to work, which is to build lawful pathways right. for individuals 
to arrive in a safe and orderly way and to deliver consequences for those who don't meet them. I mean, this guy just... In my opinion, that sucked. Okay, we have responded with a model approach that's proven to work. You can't handle the truth! What he's bragging about is how effectively they're able to take illegal border crossings in and relocate them around the country. But here's a newsflash. If they're illegal and they're not supposed to be here, they shouldn't be getting in in the first place. I think he's got a point. Okay, when it comes to border security, the message is never what you say. It's always what you do. Okay, you can say don't come, but if you let everybody in, here's a newsflash. They're all going to come. Here's Eric Adams, the governor of New York, just talking about how he's going to need to start flashing, slashing funding. Okay, and this is what we were told. Okay, according to Adams' budget director, Jack, uh, Jacques Jiha, has told the city's four uniformed agencies, police, fire, sanitation, and corrections, to come up with plans to slash their OT costs. The mayor will issue a directive to implement an overtime reduction initiative for our city's four uniformed agencies. These agencies must submit a plan to reduce year-to-year overtime spending. The memo adding that the uniformed agencies must submit the issue monthly reports to City Hall to track overtime spending and their progress in meeting the reduction target. According to Adams, the migrant influx could cost the city $12 billion in the next three years and that Big Apple agencies will have to immediately come up with cuts of 5% and possibly a total of 15% by spring. So this is Eric Adams telling the big uniformed agencies in the city, well, we got so many migrants coming in, we're going to have to cut your budget to pay for the illegals. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. You should be. Here's Adams, clip 20. I have to be honest with New Yorkers on what we're about to experience, the financial uh, typhoon, the tsunami uh, that I don't think this city has ever experienced. They're going to use terminologies to define the reality that I'm facing. This is not an academic exercise. This is not a utopia. What an idiot. Okay, but what we should be saying right now is just close the border. That's it. Not NYPD slash your budget. You know those women getting raped and robbed and pushed onto the subway platforms? How about less cops for you ladies? It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. I mean, seriously. No, not less cops. Uh, we got we to gotta give free hotel rooms to the migrants. You don't understand, okay? They've got to get free food. They need cell phones. Don't you understand? They broke the law to get into this country. We've got to look out for these people, okay? That's what you're telling people. Understand, again, politicians used to pretend you were the priority. Now, you knew better, but there were still degrees to which they would go to convince you that you mattered. We're past that point now. Now they just do what they want. Here's Greg Abbott, though, talking about Mayor Adams. Because, again, Greg Abbott is now cutting police budgets. Greg Abbott has taken in about 100,000 migrants, okay? Seven million of them have come through Texas. Seven million. Uh, Here it is, clip 21. Well, the mayor may have made it to be mayor of New York, but he could not last a week in Texas. Mm-hmm. They have so few migrants in New York compared to what we deal with every single day. Uh, it's just outrageous he would make a comment like that. However, i got to add this. What's maddening is the fact that in New York and Chicago and D.C. and L.A. and other places, they put out policies self-proclaiming that they're sanctuary cities. And they love to promote these liberal ideologies until... They have to actually live up and apply them. It's clear that the policies of sanctuary cities and letting everybody live for free simply do not work. This is a day of reckoning for all of the United States, realizing that the liberal policies of open borders will not work in this country. 
And what is he basically saying to the president of the United States? You have no idea how to defend a nation. Get all the hot topic patches you want. Sanctuary city. No person's a Lego. We should be building bridges and not walls. That's what we should be doing. And then when people show up to those cities, they're like, get them out of here. Get them out. Oh, hell no. (laughs) Ain't nobody got time for that. And that's what they're doing. So you understand this is why we can't have nice things. Okay, there is a fraud. Okay, or at least it was a fraud. Now it's a little more out in the open. Now the fraud was they pretended to care. They're not even pretending to care now. Now they're just like, nah, nah, sorry, cops, no OT for you. We gotta put some migrants up at the Roosevelt Hotel. They're gonna want the big UFC fight this weekend, so we gotta buy them pay per view. And I wish these people no ill will. I feel bad because when we discuss the border, okay, there's not a lot of empathy for these migrants who are actually trying to make a better life for their families. I empathize with that. I get it. Um, But the reality is, you know, if you're fleeing food insecurity and you're fleeing drug violence and you're fleeing corrupt politicians, you might not want to come here because I think you're going to wind up running into a hell of a whole lot more of it. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Jimmy Fallon. He's got great charisma. Yeah. He's always dressed fantastic. He has what I call it. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fabulous new studio comes with everything but a lock when we're on the air. <laughs> Joining us now is the woman who put that theory to the test successfully yet again. Only uh, in the history of the show. Let's just get her in. You love her. You know her. Co-host of Outnumbered, host of the Fox True Crime podcast. Emily Campagno has walked right in. Hi, guys. Great to see you. Apparently, apparently what I did wrong, guys, is that I walked right in while Jimmy was on the air a little earlier, blocked the camera shot. I'm a bit wider than we all think. And I immediately started like swearing and shouting. And Jimmy's like, I'm on the air. Everyone, everyone, per every, the bright red signs everywhere. Everyone in broadcast sees on air is like it means <laughs> something. But you see it as like a steel sign in baseball. Exactly. Like, oh, they sent in the steel sign. I'm going for it. That's right. So it's so jarring because when you're on the air and the door swings open, <laughs> you can only assume as a broadcaster you said something in the like a second ago that's getting you dragged out of the studio and we're going to commercial. So no matter how many times you do it, you you and Hammer do it. Hammer does the same thing. <laughs> Hammer comes swinging in like it's a saloon and he's an outlaw. You know, they blast <laughs> open the doors. And I'm always like, whoa, what did I see like in your head? And then you see a friendly face like, oh, hi, nice to see you. What's funny is the two of us, like Hammer and I, I feel like of everyone, we are the puppies we're the happy, like, oh, hey, everybody, all the time. Like, yeah. hey, guys. So the yeah. fact that we enter as if we are SWAT yes. or you are getting, like, arrested is uh-huh. exceptionally funny. Yeah, because she literally has a squeaky toy in her <laughs> hand, in her mouth right now. It's, it was a Snickers, to be clear. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought of you yesterday because the last time uh, we were together on 9-11, uh, this is not a 9-11 conversation. We're not going backwards. We're going back to that Skinnerd concert, though, for a second. Do you remember we went to that Rad Skinnerd concert on Liberty Island? I sleep in the T-shirt all the time. Do you do, right? So it was I think so of good. it all the time. So good. Whoever is a member of the current Skinnerd touring band, because they had a little turnover over the years without getting into specifics, uh, they still got the fastball. It's they like- were so good. It's like Menudo. Yes. You know, you go for the you go for Menudo. Yeah. It's it's three thirty 
35 generations deep, whatever. Maybe Ricky Martin, maybe not. But, yeah, they were awesome. Whatever, man. Skinner, if you're out there, if you're touring, Fox Across America, and, of course, Emily Campagno, we love you. We, we think you're you. great. So it's good to see you. Uh, nice to have you back in the brand spanking new fancy pants oh. studio, which is – it makes the show look so much classier than it is. That's my first concern is I feel like newcomers on Fox Nation – I'm like, oh, no, this is a pretty academic, this is a solid show. Totally. But, honey, we're going to learn something. Let's put this show on. This is the first time I've not been on your show not in sweatpants. Yeah, that's and true, flip-flop. too. So I actually also kept on my, my yeah, business yeah. attire. She just too. got off the outnumbered couch. Normally, the way Emily does our show, on the way out of the studio, people usually put money in her coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hang in there. You'll be all right, sis. Is it a crime to want to be comfortable, everyone? It's going to be all right. I like my sweats. Yeah, you do. Well, the NFL season is underway. Uh, you know, Raiders not exactly setting the world on fire, but it could be worse. I won't apologize for a W, I know, Jimmy. It. It's good. That's Thanks what I'm so much. No, no, I was going to give you that. Okay. But I was going to take it a step further. Like, just New York football had a little bit of a rough start, is all I was going to say. Fine. I was going to when in Rome you and make you talk about the locals first. But we can get to your Raiders. We're going to get all territorial. Okay, yes. I'm going to get territorial only because let's just open with what is awesome. Um, I watched the whole game, obviously, with trepidation because mm-hmm. the, the problem with being a Raiders fan, and maybe you feel the same as the New York fan, is that even when you're winning, you're terrified of the inevitable loss that's right yeah, around yeah. the corner, Doesn't right? Doesn't end good. Um, the Jacoby Myers hit, obviously, I was that was really scary to me, uh-huh. but I'm grateful for the W. I thought we looked good. I really like the Garoppolo Adams matchup actually. And ironically, cause you know what? I wasn't one of the people that were like, Oh my gosh, you love Garoppolo. I was like, Oh, so I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm looking forward to the season ahead and I feel really bad for all of you New York fans. I also feel bad <laughs> that the, the really amazing come from behind OT win that the jets enjoyed last night was eclipsed by obviously. Yeah. Aaron the Rogers Rogers injury. Stuff. Yeah. That's like a, it's the worst. Yo. First game after the whole NFL summer of hard knocks on HBO. Totally. You know what I totally. mean? This incredible storyline. He's 39. He's a four-time MVP. What's so funny is I was saying to Lincoln last night, I said the Jets having a Hall of Fame quarterback under center is like the rarest of the rare things in sports. They had the le- First of all, the, the only Super Bowl they won predates the moon landing. Mm-hmm. That's real. Okay. They won that Super Bowl in January of 1969. When we filmed the moon landing, that was July of 1969. Okay. But then they had, you know, an hour of Brett Favre, the year he led the league in interceptions and errant text messages, but we'll stay on message. (laughs) But I was telling Lincoln, like, in theory, if you've been a Jet fan for like 50 years, Aaron Rodgers taking this snap he's about to take is one of three times in 50 years the Jets have actually had a Hall of Fame quarterback running onto the field. And lo and behold, it lasted three snaps the hardest, very jetsy totally totally they cooked it but also again you know talking about eclipsing storylines so then zach wilson actually has a great performance afterward as does defense De- yep. defense was sort of phenomenal um and i wonder now the problem with you know i, I said this earlier like aaron Rodgers' backup is not russell wilson it's yeah. zach wilson <laughs> so it's someone that is nowhere near it's him not even russell stover of, right exactly at least fatten up the other defensive lineman with chocolates or something but that's who you have man yep so zach wilson might surprise everybody uh-huh. or he might fulfill the expectations associated with him being put in that position to begin yeah. with but look take it from raiders who invested what 65 million guaranteed into jamarcus russell i never <laughs> like speaking of russell stovers exactly <laughs> man when you when you put all your eggs in one basket yes multiple mvp but 
Yeah, not the best. One injury away from all of that going it's, to waste. It is rough. Um, Emily Campagno's in studio. Give us the Fox True Crime podcast. What's going on? Guys, today, you know, a lot of fans actually suggested this crime. And we did this, what has been a decades-long cold case. And it's not yet solved, but it is the cold case of the murders of Gail Matthews and her baby daughter, Tamara Burkheiser, who was found wrapped in the mother's arms in the baby's bed. Um, It's a really horrific murder. We interviewed the detective that investigated it for 10 years as a resurrected cold case. Alas, it remains unsolved, but his insight is unparalleled, and he's from the area that this horrific crime occurred in Pennsylvania. So a really gripping episode as always, and he really digs into how you pursue cold cases and how small towns can have big impacts on murders. Wow, that's pretty deep. Um, Emily Campagno in studio, the Fox True Crime podcast. They're all heavy, but they're so insightful, man. Like, they are. They're really insightful and helpful to have, and I I think people really genuinely appreciate you doing this. This is the question I wanted to ask you. Um, You know how, like, you see things you shouldn't see on a battlefield. You see things you shouldn't see as a cop. Are you seeing a lot of things you shouldn't see as an Emily hosting a podcast? Basically, what is your drinking quotient at Sean's in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> it's always a lot. I know. You'll always see me so at the I bar So I guess it Sean's. can't go up. I guess that's the point. It is heavy. I do. And you know me. I'm, I'm sensitive. Yeah. And so after these conversations, there's a lot of processing I go through for sure. Is that sure. what it is? Yeah. Processing is the fanciest word for tequila. By processing, <laughs> I mean. <laughs> there she Just goes. Kidding. Emily Campagno. <laughs> drunk and stupid. But there's no way to go through life, so. <laughs> Fox Across America, back from commercial. If you're watching on Fox Nation, you'll notice still have a guest in studio. <laughs> Get her out. Get her out of here. No, Mr. President, I can't get her out of here. <laughs> Emily Campagno, a stray cat. We fed her. So bowl I stuck around. The bowl of milk. <laughs> bowl of milk still out. You won't go away. All right. You have to do some. So you have to do some adulting now. And you are a legal mastermind. So it's on you. You could have got out of here. <laughs> like you can't. This is the thing. You come in when the on-air light is on, but you can't leave when the on-air <laughs> light is on because that screws up everything. So I wanted your take on this. I may. I actually made her stick stick around. She's not the terrible guest that I'm making her out to be. Wrong. All right. Stick with me. Somebody might have contradicted me with a sound bite right there, but stick with me. Uh, Governor of New Mexico, this is all I want to talk about, okay? So she had spoken over the weekend about declaring an emergency and denying people their Second Amendment rights. It's an emergency. It's going to be temporary. You don't have your concealed carry rights anymore, okay, which people thought was kind of ridiculous. Now, without getting into the law, I don't want to talk about the law. I want to talk about something that's come up a lot, which is the fact that criminals don't respect the law. Ergo, people who follow the law go, it might say, all right, I'll waive this right, but the criminals won't. She admitted that yesterday. I'm just going to play this clip really quick. Uh, Josh, what number is that? I'm so distracted over here. So much going on in this fancy. It's clip 18. Just listen. Do you really think that criminals are going to hear this message and not carry a gun in Albuquerque on the streets for 30 days? Uh, No. So. <laughs> Do you really think criminals are going to listen to this message and not carry a gun for 30 days? And she goes, no. So what was the point? She also went on to say responsible gun owners are not our problem. Mm -hmm. Underscoring the fact that it's always illegal people who do illegal things 
that are the issue. She's now the defendant in four different federal lawsuits. She has a sheriff that says, I'm not going to enforce this. And she is probably happily content in the knowledge that this emergency decree is, in fact, unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. My biggest gripe about this as an attorney, as an advocate, as an American citizen who loves my Second Amendment right is that she's now taking all of the attention and all of the time away from those who actually need it. Because the amount of resources that are now going into ensuring that the courts confirm this is unconstitutional means that, for example, the super high domestic violence rate in her state goes unnoticed. The massively disproportionate indigenous women's victims statistic in her state goes massively unattended. The list goes on. Mm -hmm. So she's virtue signaling. She's saying, I'm making this all about, you know, again, the gun ownership and the getting them off the streets or whatever she's making it about herself in a really perverted way and i'm sick and tired of having to take every single one of these liberal left elected officials back to civics to explain what the second amendment is for and what it does not do and what it does do talking to emily campagno in studio i will drink to that and what i'm so bothered by man is i think part of the motivation in doing this is there is a notoriety that comes with doing it and I think so many politicians, like in her in her case, know this raises her national profile, whether for better or for worse. It's like some of the people who indicted Trump. Alvin Bragg, okay, indicting Trump without the jurisdiction to charge him federally. It's a little bit of a leapfrog. But he does get some media heat from that. And I think on some level, you know, people are kind of chasing the clout more than they're chasing the clarity. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. It's the reason that I, for example, hate Twitter. I, I'm not on it. That People jump into the fray Mm -hmm. because they want to make it all about them chasing a dopamine hit for that one second. So they attach themselves to the the beast, the designated kill the beast, kill the beast. Mm -hmm. So they jump on the Trump bandwagon. They jump on this gun ownership bandwagon to your point because she wants to have it. Mm-hmm. You know, she wants to have her 15 minutes of fame. The DA in Georgia, weird, you got a new headshot. You updated yeah. your website just before, right? It's like, and even this governor, I can't, the makeover. There is such a transparency yeah. with these people. And it's such a stark contrast with those that are at the legislative board every day, all day, actually drafting. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sick and tired of these sort of celeb elected officials because mm-hmm. they're just wasting our time. And it's real Americans who are being affected. Yeah, right? that's the part that sucks. It's like you've got a bunch of politicians that just want to be influencers now. I'm like, dude, you want to be an influencer? Just govern effectively. Totally. Because that would have like a lot of influence. But nobody wants to play the long game. You know what I mean? Because results take a week or a month or a year. And you can't win a news cycle with the result the way you can with some stupid sweeping declaration. No more guns in New Mexico. Like no one's doing that. But what's what's so funny, sorry to jump in on you, is she said she was doing it because she's like, well, we're going to restrict access in areas that have had, like, a high number of violent gun crimes. I'm like, but those are the areas where you need your gun. That's the whole point. And those are the areas where they don't care. Yeah. It's like the no carry signs uh-huh. in, Times in Times Square. Square. Down the, I'm like, you th- oh, that's, <laughs> that's going to deter how much of my tax dollars went to putting up that sign. Don't you know that? There's a whole Just. stack of illegal guns on the edge of Times Square, right on 40th Street. Totally. Because the criminals see the sign, they're like, oh, sorry, I'm going to put my gun down. Yeah, there's lockers that they hold up for you. People are walking around with that nylon thing around their wrist with the key on it. Yes, ski style. Yeah, the elastic. And the problem is this is why it drives good people away from running. That's Mm -hmm. the problem is that all of these, you know, circus misfit freaks are the ones hogging the platforms. The Uh John Fettermans, the the, this Governor Lejean, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, she's a mess. Um, So... Unfortunately, good people who actually care about 
local politics and local community safety and security. Like, they're the ones that are like, I'm not running. Why, why would I get in the mud? Yeah. We're going to have look up a <laughs> go look up a, go look up a group text I sent to my buddy in sixth grade. <laughs> Ruin this guy. Exactly. He, Why subject yourself to that? He posted an Eddie Murphy meme from Raw. You know what kind of language they used in that special? Jimmy fell wrong for comedy. Yo, that red leather suit that he wore in Raw, so good. Are you saying I, I listen, me and uh, the wardrobe department, who you know very well, are in the process of working out my swag for my stand-up special. Yes. What are you going to wear? Do you uh, know yet? We're in between two looks, but this is what goes on, for real, with a stand-up special. Because it's you, it's an hour, it's on stage. Um, you need it to age well. So it's not going to be as flamboyant and out there as you might think. Because you don't want to look at it in two years and be like, I can't believe I wore leopard print. You know what I mean? It might look cool that night, but I'm going to split the difference. Uh, because like my stand-up in general, when I'm on the road, I'm either wearing like a sick Western shirt... <laughs> Or, for real, like a slick jacket. Not like a bedazzled bell and whistle. You know what I mean? Um, but I think for this, you're going to see some version of jacket, jeans, T-shirt, and obnoxious shoes. I was going to say, you definitely should wear your boots. Preferably uh-huh. the ones I gave you. I, you a pair in Jennifer. Those are dope. I wear them yeah. a lot when I host stuff. Go ahead. I loved that outfit. You, I, t- I complimented you. Yeah. It was on Gutfeld. Mm-hmm. Was it maybe the jacket? Yeah, it was that like was, a, no, it was a blue with like a gray T-shirt. Yes, but I that's loved not, that look I know, but on you. Well, thank you. It's not flashy enough, though. That's like, you know, guest. I, I don't oh, know. We'll see. You want to, okay. So it's going to be somewhere between Cry for Help and what you saw on Gutfeld. I mean, you could always just throw on a lipstick, a shade of good lipstick, and then <laughs> wow them all. What should I wear? I'll be there. Can I be in jeans? Can I be casual? Uh, yeah, oh, absolutely, dude. Nice. You want to look like you're hanging out. The thing about a comedy club is it's almost the comedy club's the closest thing to a casino in that you'll see a guy in a hockey jersey next to a guy in a tuxedo. Yeah. It's my favorite thing about a casino. So one guy's in shorts, fabulous. They're like know? cruise ships. Yeah, exactly. Like a guy in a bathing suit walks by a girl in an evening gown. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's wearing everything. The best thing is like to be wearing whatever puts you in a good mood because it's a good mood factory. That's the hook of stand-up like people don't talk about enough, they don't get, is the reason like live shows are selling so well for so many comics is everyone's life has been corporatized. In every – like you go buy a pint of ice cream now, there's a political message on the back. Uh, it's exhausting. It's like when I was a little kid, okay, I'm, I had white parents who yelled at me, you know, for eating too much ice cream. Now I buy Ben and Jerry's and it yells at me for having white parents. It's like, <laughs> come on, you racist. What are you doing here? I'm like, good gosh, I don't know. I didn't want a pint of chunky oppression, but I guess I'm having one. Uh, but so I think in stand-up, I think what people are getting out of it is, you know, we like kind of make fun of the safe the, the term safe space. But I think Stand-up is the last safe space for people who don't care. You know what I'm saying? You could just go not care for a few hours. So that's the hook. So whatever whatever makes you comfortable, whatever you think your best drinking pants are, because we're throwing down. And it's in stark contrast to the absolute drivel that is on television now. And I don't watch TV, you know that, mm-hmm. but I know what's out there. And part of the reason I don't watch it is because I can't stand it. Yeah. So to your point, I think the the honesty, the refreshing breath of fresh air that stand-up comedy is, that live mm-hmm. stand-up comedy is, that people can go and get, they're like this, what it, like what it used to be, what yeah, I yeah. used to be able to see, because now on TV, it's just that woke factory that they're oh. subjected to where it's... You feel like everybody's holding back. You know, it's yes. like one of the funniest things you could ever do is if you go back and watch The Sopranos when it's on A&E, mm-hmm. they have to bleep out most of the show. Nice. <laughs> so like, My so, kind of script. I know, but that's what I mean. But So what, they do, what they've done for shows like that, because there's so many curses, is they actually have just dubbed in words. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, 
if it's like, you know, I'm going to F and kill him, it becomes, I'm going to finish the ZD. And oh you're like, oh, that's gosh. that's not really a threat. That's actually worse for your health yeah. in this instance than it would be for his. But it becomes like cartoonish. But that's what I feel like the world looks like because everything feels so contrived. So, yes, I will say a, a thousand things in my stand-up special that would get me fired on the air. But I tell them that because that's the point. It's that none of it matters here. We're in a safe space. We're in a tree house. Mm. And there was a world, and people remember this, like there was a world where people were kidding. And that's why people didn't get canceled. You're like, oh, that guy's kidding. It's a comedy show nobody cares and that's really like the only contribution i'm trying to make to like the society that consumes our media is you don't have to pretend to care because at the end of the day nobody does like not even the people getting upset at jokes they don't care they want clout that comes from caring from saying they're offended you know people can, can you know complain at corporate restaurants because they think they'll get a free dessert if they complain about their steak yeah that's what outrage culture is they're complaining because they want to get a free dessert from somebody I also think that, yes to all of that, and that people just need a good laugh, man. Oh, yeah, And definitely. because to your contrived point, or to your point, point about it yeah, all yeah, being yeah. contrived, that nothing's funny anymore. It all sucks because it all has to fit within the corporate confines. It's focus so, grouped. Totally. So yeah, it's yeah. so refreshing to just sit down with your buds and laugh at hilarious, inappropriate jokes. Wildly that's what we all do anyway. Yeah, totally. that's all we ever did. And when it comes to, like, <sighs> controversial subjects... Um, for a lot of us, that's actually like a coping mechanism. You have two choices when bad things happen. You can process them and feel like you're on the verge of like starting a militia and like melting down, or you can like learn to laugh and move on, not at the adversity the people are facing, but it's something about how it's going on. Like, I'll tell you this. This is crazy to think if you didn't live here on September 11th, every comedy club and every comedian in the city was talking about that world we were living in. And they weren't talking about victims, but they were talking about, ah, oh, the news is really trying to scare us more now. You know what I mean? Or the reporters are acting this way or the people are acting that way. And it became like for people who are going out to comedy, it was like this cathartic thing where that was their means of coping is that they were laughing about the reality we were all facing. It's like the old term gallows humor. People were laughing in dungeons because what else were you going to do, you know? And also to your point, it's a healthy coping mechanism to a degree, whereas a lot of others aren't. So ER <laughs> physicians, uh, combat veterans and the like, exactly. They rely on jokes with their kind who have seen the same stuff to process the horrors that they've seen. Infinitely funnier quotes here if they're being played in HR the morning after my special. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? It's how we grieve. You know what I mean? Bad things are going on in the world. What do you want for? I'm just trying to help out here. What do you mean? October 13th. October, last day Jimmy's employed. October 13th. The <laughs> fail of finale. Yeah. The Fela finale. <laughs> After that, we're going to be on cable access selling you juicers or something Dude, like that. I do know that we're going to eat well that day because beforehand I'm going out to Mexican food. I'm going to have a ton of margaritas. Ooh. Then I'm going to see you next door, and then I'm going to eat all of the ZD and then some at your that you're party. cooking for after. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Starting in Mexico, moving through New York and Huntington, New York, and then I'm ending up in Italy. <laughs> it's a, It's like an Epcot. <laughs> You're going through the cultures of the world exactly. along the way because you're starting in Mexico. You'll be drinking Guinness or something. You'll go to Ireland, <laughs> and then we'll end it at town. Actually, we're going to end it probably in a diner by the end of it. We'll be yeah. in Greece where uh, we belong. Totally. Because I have to like I have to eat good between now and then. So I'm you know lean and mean. It's all good. I'm locked in. It's not hard for me to do. No, you're going to be but, great. But the, what I'm saying is the food on the other side of this special is like the girl back home during the war. Like if I could, I just got to get through this trench and there's a twin cheeseburger deluxe waiting for me on midnight, October the 13th. That's right. Like I look at her picture every night in the trench a lot, man, emotionally, but it's going down. For me, it's the milkshake Yo. associated with that burger because I can't give up burgers for that long. But that milkshake that I'm going to have at the diner. 
after the double patty with the that cheese. That should be your spinoff, okay? When you talk about we're going to get thrown out of here. Okay, you start. It's called an OnlyFoods. Not an OnlyFans. All the perverts go to it. It's an OnlyFoods. You know how much money people would pay to hang out with you and drink milkshakes? Dude, you know what I did the other day? Give it so, to me. You know how on Insta, like I yeah. like to do a lot of stuff, whatever. So I, I started to do like my whole – I did like a food – because you know I yeah, love yeah. food. I love uh-huh. burgers. So I went to a famous burger place. It's actually in Jersey. Um, and I ordered it, and then I reviewed it and ate it in front of the camera and did a whole, like, package Stop or whatever. It. And I ended up not posting it because the angle was a little off, and uh-huh. I think I just was eating too much. <laughs> I think I think the audience would rather have more talking or whatever because it became yeah, yeah. an OnlyFoods. Um, but that was exactly what I was doing, and I had my whole – like all the burger joints planned out because I did a poll. I said, would you yeah. have me rate hot dogs, fries, or hamburgers? And everyone said hamburgers. And I I got a double patty bacon cheeseburger in yeah, the process, which was amazing. Pe- but I have that footage stored is my point. I mean, it definitely if I do it, if I go through with it, it needs to be other footage because the camera was too low and you're just looking up and I'm eating. And- People always <laughs> forget that you're an 800-pound woman trapped in a 300-pound woman's body. Give it up for Spanx, y'all. I'm kidding. Dude. Emily Campagno. I think it's just the density of my bones. I know. I want to say. My, my <laughs> partner, the other day, he said, I'll never forget the first time you jumped on me. He was like, I expect it to be like a flying squirrel. And instead, <laughs> it was like, you know, the heaviest metal in the world where you get like, it's like the size of like a tiny die, like a yeah, little yeah. Uh, poker die. And, or do you play poker with die? Yeah. I don't know. And then, um, and it's like instead like, oh gosh, this little thing is like 10 pounds. And he said when I, I jumped on him playfully and he was like, oh God, like his like spine telescope. We crashed the board. People he was don't like, know this about How her. much do you, like how dense are you? I'm really dense, man. She walks around with a really WWF uh, top belt, the top <laughs> buckle that she just randomly jumps off and clotheslines people. <laughs> it's actually funny at parties. Like if you're not hosting. <laughs> I've seen her wreck more coffee tables in the last three years. Dude, I'm a tiny bowling ball. You are. It's sort of a superpower. I like it. No, it works. You know? it, it, it works. Like we send you when we're in a tough situation. <laughs> You're like our refrigerator Perry. I'm well, your ramrod, dude. Like yeah. if you need to get into a castle, a moat door, use me and I'll blast through the oak. <laughs> Friday night, October the 13th, Emily Campagna, the human happy hour. Now the I human battery ram will That's be right. hanging out in Huntington battery with ram. you, girlfriend. That's the word. All right, she's leaving the studio for real now. Back after this. Maybe. <laughs> Critics are calling it the show of the year. Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Heading out to Butte, Montana. John's on the road somewhere. Yo, John. Hey, brother. How you doing today? Better now. I had to get Emily out of the studio. She didn't leave, man. She comes... Hey, you know, I, I got a couple of points for you, but first things first, how about them Cowboys, baby? Oh, good for you. Tim Scott was excited. Uh, and you got you got <laughs> you got the Jets minus Aaron Rodgers next week. Talk about kicking them when they're down. Hey, you know what? Man's got to do what he man's got to do. You know what? Mm-hmm. We'll take it. No, for sure. Oh, uh, the other thing is, mm-hmm. is I feel bad for you because I enjoyed all those ribs. <laughs> we talked about this last week. Good for you. And when I say I had three big boxes, it come out to about just over a rack and a half of ribs. Ooh. 
of mashed potatoes, three things of mac and cheese, and four 24-ounce tall boys and Budweiser. Dude, oh, isn't there's nothing better than ordering food and they throw in four forks without realizing it's just you? Well, That's... yeah, because the poor lady looked at me and asked me how many people I was feeding. Yeah. And I tried to ignore that it was just me and my puppy. <laughs> well, if the goal was to break my will between now and my stand-up special, you've Came admirably close, uh, but we got to go to break. Get him out of here. <laughs> Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. Here we go. It's a wild one coming your way on Fox Across America, your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. 888. 888- 788-9910 if you want to be a part of this shindig. Brian Brenberg is coming by. He is the host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. And he's going to take us inside a pretty hilarious road trip. The Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, went on that involved her taking an electric car from North Carolina to Georgia to highlight just how easy electric car use was. You gotta do better than that. And we say that why? Because along the way, they got the cops called on them for blocking a charging station with a gas-powered car. <laughs> it also took a massive committee to plan the trip and strategize around the lack of critical infrastructure that would make such a road trip possible. It's pretty silly stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about the economy and, of course, the fact that Kevin McCarthy has just announced an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Come on, man. Madness. As we get underway right now, and one thing you should know as we get underway. So I was telling you this like two weeks ago, that I was blown away that Fox News, I personally think they're insane for doing this, but they have launched a merchandise line surrounding this show. Uh, And I just think it's funny because none of it probably fits me, the host of the show, Uh, because as you know, I've been getting a little carried away with a fork and knife. You're killing yourself the way you eat, you fat Look at you. Stop it. I'm actually losing weight right now because my stand-up special is coming out. And we did just add a date. If you're down in Florida, Friday night, December the 16th, we will be at the Palm Beach Kennel Club in West Palm Beach, Florida. You can come hang out with me. It's the night before my birthday. I'm going to be in a casino. There's no way it ends good for either of us. Like, there's, <laughs> we're going to have a real problem on our hands. So buckle up if you want a piece of that action. Uh, and, of course, we are also heading out where to... Helena, Montana, Friday night, October the 27th, and uh, Saturday night, October the 28th, we will be in Idaho Falls at the Colonial Theater. Love to see you guys out there as well. Come hang out with your radio buddy. And if you want some Fox Across America merchandise, if you buy it and wear it to the show, I will, of course, sign it. Uh, Just get me before the show, before the booze is kicked in. I have bad enough handwriting sober. Uh, But it's a 10% time off code JIMMY10. So if you are on the Fox Across America merch page, okay, if you are at shop.foxnews.com and you get some Fox Across America merch, uh, use the code JIMMY10, you'll get 10% off. And we can sign it at the show and do all that fine razzle-dazzle stuff that we do. But can we get back to radio for a second here? I mean, can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Crowd's fired up for this hour. It's a passionate bunch for this hour of Fox Across America. Uh, one thing they're not digging, though, as it pertains to that soundbite, is this Jennifer Granholm road trip, uh, which I got to— That was embarrassing. It really was. So here's a story. 
Okay, and I love this story so much because it's coming from NPR of all places. And believe me, NPR does not want to write anything disparaging or anything that could possibly reflect negatively on the climate movement, the green energy agenda. They don't want to touch that. Are you kidding me? That's the patron saint of liberal politics. If you're a people who run on self-righteousness, we're better than those guys. We know better. We're saving the planet. Don't you? They're crazy. No, they're just stupid. You're not, you can't control the weather. Let's first of all, let's start there. No one ever bring, you know, brings that up enough. We can debate climate change and percentages and emissions. Okay, there's the obvious points we get to a lot, which is the fact that nobody telling you you've got to reduce emissions and shut down your climate footprint is doing so themselves. Nobody. Okay, the guys who are doing the most lecturing about climate are the guys that are flying private. Okay, that's straight up. John Kerry, flying private everywhere he goes, although he can't fly coach because he looks like the horse from Mr. Ed. Then he's got to sign all kinds of autographs. I mean, seriously, though, John Kerry's a guy who tells you you can't have plastic straws. I'm like, dude, you have a plastic face. Like, I can't <laughs> I can't sip a drink in one sip, but your whole face can be made out of plastic, you Botox lunatic. But stick with me, because those are the obvious takeaways, that these people aren't following their own advice. But then we get into the, you know, what should be just as obvious but is never talked about, which is the fact that no one can control the weather. Ten years ago, 20 years ago, someone told you, no, I can control the weather. Just follow my little formula. You would have thrown them in a nut house. Okay, but now we're out there claiming you can not only control the weather, but if you control the stoves and the cars and the straws, you can speed up the process of actually going out and controlling the weather. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. And the way they do this is through a manufactured scientific consensus. Okay, we covered the story last week where the climate scientist altered his study because he knew it wasn't going to get published if he told the truth about wildfires. It's like, well, I really need this thing to get published in a prestigious journal, so I'm going to tell them what they want to hear. That's not science. You get it? That's forced consensus. Just like in the origins of COVID when everybody knew that the gene sequence made it look like it was synthetic and there happened to be a lab where they were manufacturing these viruses a few miles from the infection site, any scientist who spoke out about that was told, you better shut your fat face or you're never going to get research money again. And that's what Fauci did. And they manufactured a scientific consensus that aligned with the political agenda. That's what they've done with green energy. Nobody has any data. Nobody can explain to you how man is affecting the climate. Put up or shut up. They can't. They can just yell at you, say you're a murderer, say you're killing my grandchildren. Joe Biden said with a straight face that global warming, which is not the name of the movement anymore because the climate isn't uh, warming at the rate they needed to to effectively fundraise. But Joe Biden said with a straight face that global warming is a bigger threat than nuclear war. That is a lie. Not only is it a lie, but it's a circus act. <laughs> Straight clown. Okay, so what they did uh, is they got together and they were trying to drive from North Carolina to Tennessee with electric cars, take a lot of photos and videos and post it all over social media and go, look, road tripping has never been easier in an electric car than it is right now. That's the trip they were going for. Unfortunately, that was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. So NPR goes out and covers this story, which I covered this morning on Fox and Friends. If you didn't see it, it is on the Fox Across America website. 
Jennifer Granholm gets together with a bunch of electric cars and a bunch of propaganda press, maps out a road trip that takes them months to map out because they don't know where the charging stations are going to be. But lo and behold, on the way down to Georgia, there's not an available charging station in order for them to keep their car on the road at the pace they would like to travel. See, here's a thing nobody tells you. When you go to a gas pump and there's somebody in front of you, you're like, damn it, somebody on the pump. Now i got to wait three minutes. Three minutes. How long do you think it takes to fill up a tank of gas in your 20-gallon car? Three minutes? Four minutes? If you get the slow pump, always happens to me in the winter. It's like one degree, and you literally see the pump moving by the decimal point. You're like, ah, ah, no, no. But Jennifer Granholm, in this instance, they used a gas car in their electric vehicle road trip to block a charging station. So they would have an available charging station for their electric car when it got there. Why? Because unlike a gas pump that takes two or three minutes, an electric pump could take two or three hours. Oh, wow! So they're going on this road trip to highlight just how easy it is to travel with an electric car. Yeah, if you have a gas one to make sure it can secure a pump for you until you get there, because if you have to wait, it ain't easy to travel. Okay, think about this. When I drive from my house to Jenny's parents' house in Ohio, it's about 660 miles. Okay, we stop. No no BS because we drive overnight probably for five minutes combined between all of us. And there is a professional coordinated plan of attack. We pull up to a rest stop in the middle of the night. Okay, I immediately begin pumping gas while Lincoln and Jenny head into pee and go to the snack bar, at which point one of them leaves their snacks on the counter and mines the rest of the gas pump so I can run in there, figure out what I'm going to eat, take a whiz, and get back out to the car. We do this in five minutes like it's NASCAR. Zip, 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 zip. You know, they'll adjust the bolts and everything like that. Zip, zip. All that stuff, and we move on with our lives. And that's what we do in about five minutes. Now, under the plan of an electric vehicle, we'd only have the fuel capacity not to get three or 400 miles into our trip, but to get about 150 miles into our trip and have a two-hour break. That's assuming nobody's on the pump. Now, assuming nobody's on the pump, good news, we got two hours worth of charge. We go back on the road, you guys, let's get them. We got this, here we come. But instead of driving nonstop for another five hours and we've now arrived in Ohio, we're driving nonstop for two hours, at which point we have another two-hour break. Hardly making time the way we'd want to. Okay, back when I was a cab driver and Lincoln was first born and he was a little kid, we would strategically go to see Jenny's parents overnight because he would basically fall asleep in our driveway and wake up in theirs. It was time travel. He'd miss a nine-hour road trip. Uh, because we didn't want him to not enjoy going out to see his grandparents. We didn't want it to become like, oh, we're going to your grandparents. You're like, oh, dang it. going to be in a car for a month and a half. So we've always made it a fun thing, and we keep it moving. We have a good time, and it's great. And now, obviously, he loves a road trip, and he just he loves his grandparents now because they spoil him stupid, and they're good, fun people. So he doesn't care if it's two hours or 20 hours. He's actually excited to go. But the point is, okay, we still – have a convenience factor with a gas vehicle that doesn't exist with a green energy vehicle. You can't travel as far. You don't always have the pumps. But what makes this even funnier is when they blocked the gas pump, a family with an electric car called the cops 
on our energy secretary. <laughs> so this is what happens. Okay. They, <laughs> it's my favorite thing in the world. They get on the phone with the cops and go, these people are using a gas-powered vehicle to block my charging point. Do you believe this stuff? He should be behind bars. It's the greatest thing in the world. And understand why I love this so much is it works from every angle. People who drive an electric car have to work it into the first sentence of every conversation. It's like veganism on wheels. Now, we own an electric car, by the way. So this this instance where they're forced to call 911 is probably the only time in recorded history where it made sense to work it into the first sentence of a conversation. Because normally it's a non sequitur. Welcome to Pizza Hut. Can I get you started on your order? Well, I'm out here in a Prius because I'm trying to save the environment. I'm a good person. I'm better than you. That's what they do. So in this instance, they had to call 911. 911, what's your emergency? I drive an electric car. Someone's blocking the charging station, and I want to get on. So this whole stupid stampede of self-righteousness, and it's all going on. Why? Because in an effort to highlight how easy it is to drive and get around and take a cross-country road trip in an electric car, the energy secretary has to go out and rig the game in order for it to be convenient, meaning if you were to travel in an electric car the way everyone else is forced to, it wouldn't be convenient at all. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. When you're right. And I just find that hilarious because it's them drawing attention to how bad it is. Okay, this story shows you how inconvenient it is. Okay, these are the limitations, as they wrote in NPR. The limb between stops, Granholm's entourage at times had to grapple with the limitations of the present. And goes on to talk about how some of these spots feature dead chargers that have gone offline. So understand, when you're driving an electric car, you see gas station 50 miles, you know at some point you're going to pull up to a station that has at least one working pump, that has at least two working pumps. That's true. That is true. In this instance, okay, you see the only charging station you're going to see for 120 miles. You can't drive a mile further. And there's no pump working when you get there, okay? What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Never mind, okay, that whatever you are plugging, this green energy, we're saving the environment. Whatever you're plugging it into doesn't run on wind or solar or dreams or hope. It runs on coal. It runs on the power grid, which 90 times out of 100 is powered by coal or some other fossil fuel. So all you're really doing is pretending to make a difference by driving an electric vehicle. And in trying to highlight how much more convenient they were, okay, she came off like a circus clown. Why? Because there's nothing less convenient than driving long distances in an electric car. And if you don't believe me, ask the guy in the gas car holding the spot for Jennifer Granholm. It's the rock band that's being forced on the public. Joe Biden presents The Electric Cars. Charge all night, drive all day. The government won't let you have a say. Charge it up. Charge it up. An album that will leave you feeling totally plugged in. She won't start again. And I have to call the Tesla guy. I'm gonna She won't start again. The 
electric cars. Sure, they're way too expensive, but pretending to save the world is never cheap. is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America, your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. Going to be rapping with Brian Bremberg in the next break. I'm going to laugh about this EV push. <laughs> it's so easy to travel across the country if you book a road trip in an EV. Wrong. And I don't care if you drive one, but they just have to be honest with people. We don't have the capacity. We don't have the infrastructure to just be like, yeah, no more gas cars. That's not how things work. Okay, fossil fuels are what keep people alive. Like the reason people live through the winter is because we can heat their homes. The reason people live through the summer is because we can cool their homes. We don't have the capacity to do that with renewables. That's why places like Germany that implemented these policies 20 years ago are now building coal plant after coal plant after coal plant. It's because it's reliable. Bingo. Okay, getting past the fact that you are counting on coal, to charge your electric vehicle. It's not electric per se. It's not like a solar-powered car, but it's just one lie after the other. Here's Biden lying about being at ground zero the day after September 11th. This is the funniest, that's funny, but it's sad, clip two. I join you on this solemn day to renew our sacred vow. Never forget, never forget. We never forget. Each of us, each of those precious lives stolen too soon when evil attacked. Ground Zero in New York, and I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Shanksville, Pennsylvania, the Pentagon in Virginia. I spent many 9-11s in those hollowed grounds to bear witness and remember those we lost. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Was Joe Biden at ground zero the day after September 11th? The answer would be no. No, he wasn't. He was in Washington. I guess we can be happy he didn't refer to it as 7-Eleven because he always has a penchant to throw a wild pitch. But of all the ceremonies Biden stayed all the way through, yesterday was the one he probably should have walked out of early. Tell it like it is. There it is, Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Excited to have this next guest on. He's, of course, a superstar host of the Big Money Show on Fox Business. His Vikings did not take care of business this weekend. However, it could be worse. He could be a Jets or a Giants fan. Brian Bredberg is in studio. I got I got to get an Aaron Rodgers jersey. (laughs) I actually think it's better to get one now. Yeah. Because when you wear it, it's like this statement piece. Yep. You know, like in a world where a guy plays four snaps and gets $75 million. <laughs> it's the most, as a capitalist. 
as a, yeah, I mean, I just it, like it. There's just something iconic. Like here's a guy who's had this amazing career. You know, when you're coming to the Jets, yep. There's at least a fifty percent chance your entire career could be ruined by yep. what you do in this season. Yep. And he shows up and does four plays, and no, no fault of his own, he's yeah. done. He may never play again for them. He's like 40. forty, coming off a one year rehab. He's probably never playing for them again. And I don't, like an Achilles in the like if you're at the prime of your career. You're what do you got, like a 40% chance of coming back from that? And what they always say is there's a two-year injury, meaning like you come back next year, but you're not whole till the year after for some of these. No way. Really rough to watch. You know, the one prediction that's going to backfire on me, though, is I said, okay, this is going to be like when we got Brett Favre from the Packers. It's going to be a really entertaining year. Okay, they'll be super relevant. The one thing I would bet on is that he's not going to get caught sending text messages like Brett Favre. (laughs) Having said that, Brenberg, he's got a lot of downtime on his hands now. That's it. (laughs) He's got a lot of downtime. I'm nervous. Like he does fine with dark out retreats or whatever, blackout retreats. But what's he going to do? He just bought a house probably in New Jersey. Oh man, he's got you know fresh seventy five mil. Yep, he better open a diner. He better open one of those like TikTok diners, state yeah. line diners. Oh, you're Aaron so... Rodgers is going to be putting coleslaw on tables. <laughs> you need an occupation, dude. Downtime is not your friend, Rodgers. And I really, I as a competitor, like you really feel for him. You know, as a as a life, he's fine. He's got yeah. hundreds of millions of yeah. dollars. He's living great. There are people out there going through real adversity, but as a competitor, okay, because you know how much work goes into prepping for an NFL season. You know, the idea of he might not have come back. Now he did and gets four snaps out. Oh, I mean. True. What a kick in the nuts. It's true. I don't understand, too, how Green Bay mm-hmm. knew exactly yeah. when to deal two of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game sequentially yeah. and, like, perfectly time it. Like it's avocados. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes! They yeah. made the guacamole <laughs> at exactly the right time. It's such a tight window. So you buy an avocado. If you miss, you like put your finger up to the wind and you miss it by an inch, you just blew like $22. Exactly. It's the sickest thing in the world. They just picked two avocados uh-huh. perfectly. Spot on. Got back rid of them. Back to back. And that Rodgers be- replaced him, and now Jordan Love looked good out of the gate. Yeah, I mean, they beat the Bears. <sighs> wow. Which is typically not a big deal, but yeah, yeah. this year, you know, the it Bears matters. might be okay. But you know how crazy this is, though, for the Jets, too, is they had to give Green Bay a first-round pick provided – Rodgers played 70% of the snaps. So the Jets just got, like, the best hard knocks they'll ever have. They get to keep their draft pick. And the team's still loaded. They may have a good season, you know. But that's also why he's less likely to come back. Like, unless they go 5-11 and 11 right now or 5-12 and 12 with the new extra game, yeah. there's no reason to bring him back. Because let's say they go 12-5, and five, make the playoffs. Do you really get to show up there on one leg and be like, this is my team? No. You don't. No, and, you know, could he be like the horse whisperer on the sidelines this season? Like, hey, kid, settle yeah. down. I, you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Do this. That If I was him, that's what I would be doing. I would be using this this season as my apprenticeship into coaching. Yeah. You might as well. I mean, at 40, it's a, it's a tough injury. I feel bad for him, but I'm just saying in terms of practicality, I know he wants to be around the game. But that's what I would do. I just see this year as, like, that, that's what it could become. But that is the most Jets. He's like Obi-Wan, basically. But now, now you ask yourself, <laughs> you strike me down. He just got stronger. <sighs> that is so funny. Brian Brenberg is in studio. The Jets, the season isn't even 24 hours old, and we're already reduced to Star Wars analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it takes to, like, week five or six to get into Star Wars. You know, when Luke lost his hand at Empire, he was still a good Jedi. <laughs> in return, that we're already there. Luke's hand is already off. 
We found out who his dad is. We have Java's even... got Leia. I mean, <laughs> things are off the it's rails. It's a mess, Jets. <laughs> Only the Jets, they could win the season opener on Monday Night Football in overtime and still have utter <laughs> emotional devastation to go with it. It's the most Jets thing that ever happened. Yes. So now my question becomes, did they? And, you know, because this has been bandied about about the Mets. You've heard this. You know, teams that are historically inept winning a championship. You know, you're like, oh, they sold their soul. They made a deal with the devil. Did the Jets... In, in essentially, okay, cementing the AFL-NFL merger by winning Super Bowl right. three, it had already happened, but people were like, this is a crock. Why are we doing they this? They legitimized But they legitimized it by beating the Colts. Yeah. Did Broadway Joe Namath make a deal that has plagued this franchise ever it's since? It's the curse of the curse of Namath. I mean, come on. That's right. Yeah. I mean, uh, in fact, I saw Namath tweeted about the game last night and I almost caught a little tinge of like the you know like it'll never be the same I don't know that it will be and that again I was saying this yet earlier the Jets won Super Bowl predates us faking the moon landing (laughs) (laughs) nice job working that I worked it in well Uh, go watch my Fox Nation documentary moon how about that he's got one of those no spoiler what a plug that chances well the guy who I interview at the end Bart Sabrell who's a lovely gal uh, says you know he's on a CIA kill list because he knows the truth about the moon landing (laughs) do you think there's a CIA kill list for people who know the truth about the Jets yeah exactly You know who knows the truth now? Aaron Rodgers. He does. He knows the truth. He'd be one of the insiders. He is. We're going to ask Aaron Rodgers in 20 years if he faked the Achilles and he's going to punch me in the face. (laughs) It's going to be like Buzz Buzz Aldrin punching the guy in the face. Hey, did they script that Achilles? Pop. (laughs) So funny. Let's talk about the other comedy of errors because I I talked about this on Fox and Friends. I just want to have fun. Jennifer Granholm takes a road trip in an electric car. Love this. With the plan being, we'll highlight how easy travel is in an electric Can car. Can I just stop you right yeah. there and say I love any story now that starts with X takes a trip in an EV. Yeah, yeah. It's so- going to be a great story. <laughs> Because uh, it is it is going to be, as you say, the comedy of it's going to be. It so it has to be. It's already. Let's start here. OK. Um, so people get the story. What she got into trouble for doing, according to the NPR article, is they had a gas powered car in their fleet. Yes. Because, you know, heaven forbid, one of these electric cars don't work. Let's just start there. OK. When I take a road trip with my family to Ohio, we don't bring a backup vehicle just in case the main one doesn't work. Because the thing about gas powered cars, they're pretty reliable. They're pretty reliable. Oh, wait, so you need to tell me in order to take a road trip, I need a pre-planned route because we don't know where the gas stations are going to be. These are charging stations. And they actually have to plan ahead as to which charging stations are online because another reality they don't tell you. Sometimes you get to the gas stations when it comes to charging, and they're not actually gassing up your car. That's right. Sorry, folks, park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. (laughs) Now you're going to Wally World with no gas or no charge. Yeah, you're not planning your route to your destination. You're planning your route to to your next totally inconvenient zapper. Think about that. Now, if no one is on that pump, Okay, maybe an hour, two hours, maybe more. You don't know. But it's not the gas station where a guy's going in for three and a half minutes. Yeah. 
So you, you actually will make a U-turn at the gas station because it's so inconvenient to wait three minutes. Let me back around and risk hitting this guy's boat <laughs> so I can get to the pump on my side of the car because I don't want to wait the three minutes. Right. Let me invest two and a half minutes making a 180 in reverse because I don't want to wait three minutes. That's how much we hate waiting. Now it's three That's, hours. It's, this, what's, what's great about this story is, is the only thing you need to know mm-hmm. is they brought – a backup gas-powered car. That's it. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. That's reality right They now. would not mm-hmm. make this PR trip without the thing that works. It's like if I'm trying to have a campfire with the family and I'm telling the kids, you know, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to take out the flint. You know, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way. But, uh-huh. of course, I have the can of gasoline right yeah. behind me because mm-hmm. everybody knows yeah. he flint. doesn't know how to do this, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, like – it. it it, it is the best commentary on this subject that you could ever have. I love it so much. Brian Bremberg's in studio. We're talking about Jennifer Granholm's big adventure. So the next step, which I love so much, is, of course, they want the gas car to do what? Travel ahead and secure them space at the charging station because they don't want to wait. Yep. But again, when we're talking about highlighting how convenient it is to travel electrically, <laughs> they're not actually traveling the no. way you or I would. Because you and I are just subjected. Whoever's there is there. So now imagine this, okay? You know, you get there. There's somebody ahead of you on the pump. Now imagine there's two or three people ahead of you on the pump. So let's assume I'm driving from my house to Jenny's house. I had mentioned this earlier. When we drive to Ohio, we are professional road trip people. It's over 600 miles. We are never, this includes food, in that station for more than five minutes. And this is the way it goes. This is an actual routine. We're pulling into the gas station. You know at the end of a flight when the cabin lights come on, someone comes around with a garbage bag? So that's it. We're pulling into a a Love's gas station. Okay, we're pulling into a Sheets gas station. The lights come on about a mile before the exit. Let's round up all the garbage. (laughs) Okay? When we pull into that Sheets, okay, they run into the snack bar. (laughs) They get a bathroom. They get a snack. They throw it on the bar. I am filling up the car. Okay. No, you're parallel processing. Boom. Okay. You're not, yeah. As they come out of the gas station with their snacks waiting for me to purchase on the bar, one of them takes over at the pump while I go do what they just did, ring it up, we get back in the car and go. Like there's literally like a stopwatch going. Not a wasted moment. We travel professionally. Now imagine, okay, in an electric vehicle, okay, not only is that two hours, but there's multiple stops. We stop once in a 600-mile trip, assuming uh-huh. we drive through the night and they sleep. Right. Now you're stopping every 150, 200 miles. So basically what you're going to have to do is every charging station is going to have to be a campground. Yeah. And you're going to have to bring a trailer with you. Yeah. And you're going to have to camp there that night Think about so that, that you keep going. So a, a one-day trip becomes a three-day trip. Think about that. What we do 600 miles in about a legit nine hours, counting food. If there's usually once in a while – if I let – Jenny and Lincoln, I usually don't let them consume beverages. <laughs> I'm yeah, not you no. can't do that. Come on, man. So, but stick with me. We do that in nine hours. That 600-mile trip could not be done if no one was on the pump. We had, we had uh, private access to charging stations. You couldn't do that, tra- that thing in less than 18 hours now. So it doubled the length of my trip. That's a best-case scenario. If there's one guy on one pump, that tri- the trip goes up to 20. Yeah. Heaven forbid there's two or three. But that's the point. That's exactly what they want. I, isn't that they crazy? They don't want they you want to do that flow. trip. They don't want you to do that trip that's or insane. any trip like that. So that's they, yeah. they don't even they don't want you to look. Don't overthink it. They don't want you to have the vehicle. It's not you're yeah. not meant to be able to afford that lifestyle. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to live a lifestyle where they've got the transportation that pulls up at the stop. Yep. and you get on. That's, that's the way they like to do it. So we're traveling to Ohio now by bus or yep. by rail. 
with some pantless like Kim Jong Un's bulletproof train. <laughs> like you know, you get that technology in here, and you can uh, you can make your way to Vladivostok. We need a National Lampoon's electric vacation. <laughs> I'm going to make a bit. I'm going to have Frank mix it. I'll write it for tomorrow if you're listening. We owe you this. <laughs> National Lampoon's Electric Vacation. It's really, it's perfect. You can't get a pump. Well, this is the best part of the pump story. We didn't get there, and, and we're not going to be doing it justice if we don't. So this is the Energy Secretary of the United States of America <laughs> on a propaganda tour of a cleverly mapped out, pre-planned yeah. electric vehicle road trip, forced to block off pumps ahead of time because she doesn't want to wait to charge a vehicle like you or I would. One of the families with a kid in the car right. who wants to get on the pump can't because they're blocking it. They call the cops. <laughs> How great is this? So now the cops show up and have to intervene in a dispute between the energy secretary. <laughs> Madam secretary. And her propaganda road trip and a family with a kid in a hot car who just wants to charge their damn car. So you understand, not only is the pump take longer, not only is it not always reliable, okay, but there is a chance you won't even have access to a pump because there's a propaganda <laughs> video being filmed. Do you think that that family went out and bought a gas-powered car later oh, that day? No, no, Do you think they're just something? like, you know, we made a huge mistake? If you look at the stats, they already owned one. Oh, yeah. Most EV owners. I don't know that it's most. Is it 40%? What is, is there a number on I this? don't know the number, but I know what you're – It's a like, high it's percentage of grocery e car. Yeah, it's their second car. Yeah. That's what it is. If Because, again, if you're driving a vehicle with an average sticker price in the 60s or high mid-50s, mm -hmm. whatever that the case may be – you probably afford a second vehicle. Yeah. You know, most people who drive $200,000 cars don't drive it as an every down back. No. They drive it because there's a garage with other cars. Because the thing you find out about a Ferrari is it's not great to get groceries That's in. right. You know, you go in a Home Depot, pick up a little bit of plywood. You never notice that you never see like a luggage rack on a Ferrari. <laughs> you never see a couple of bicycles tied to the back of a Ferrari. I would like to see that. It'd be funny. Well, that gets the EV, the, the point of owning the EV is to talk about it. Yep. That's, it's so true. It's, a, it's veganism on wheels. So I was saying this on Fox and Friends. This is the only time they, had to ju they could justifiably work it into the first second of the conversation. Because <laughs> they called 911 and they're like, what's your emergency? We own an EV. <laughs> they're blocking the pump. I own an EV. I'm saving the environment. But I'm trying to plug into this coal-powered electric charger. But I'm saving the environment. And all we're doing is repurposing fossil fuels to charge this stuff. It's not like it's running on wind. The whole thing is so funny. And this what gets me mad is like we should all be talking about this story. Because this like if we were having like a fact-based conversation, because we're not, okay? We can't, and they're lying to people. We can't switch to fossil fuels anytime soon without actually killing people. Yeah. What are you going to do in the winter? Gets cold. Right. We heat homes. What are you going to do in the summer? You're going to cool the home. Yeah, can't do it with wind power. No. You ain't doing it with solar. Uh, Annie, fantastic singer, bad weather lady. The sun will not always come out tomorrow. <laughs> She's not good. It's the reason Annie doesn't have a show on Fox weather. You know what I'm saying? But Brenberg, it's a scam. Uh, really quickly, week two for the Vikings. Are we feeling better this week? Uh... No, <laughs> I don't even know who's on your schedule. I mean, I, mean, I don't up. even know who's. I don't even know. No, you don't playing. look that far ahead. It's the I would have if we would have won the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I you know, Kirk Cousins had the whole like he was like developing this bad guy side yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Dark Kirko, what, what a big Kirko. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, he got to listen. This is what happens, man. Once guys go video. Yeah, it's it's a bad like in the movie. I'm going to get you sucker. They're like, he started wearing gold chains, Jack. <laughs> Once quarterbacks start streaming, it's, you don't want you want Patrick Mahomes under center. You don't want Jackson Mahomes. 
And that's the problem. You're getting a little Jackson Mahomes now. Doesn't end good, Brenberg. Doesn't end good. No, I, so we, we're not look. We're, but our twins are. I'm I'm loving our twins. Right no, now. it's a lot to be excited so about. So we, we're okay. We're okay. But as it pertains to uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, I have seen better drives by Jennifer Granholm. It's not good for that offense. <laughs> we need charging stations in Minnesota. <laughs> they don't have. We don't have charging stations. Come on, you guys. Get the gas powered car and set it in its place. And go watch the Big Money Show every day, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the Fox Business Network. Back after this. Yeah. It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, this is the funniest. Comes courtesy of Smokin' Joe Fallon, my dad here in the bottom of the ninth on Fox Across America. A friend drove his electric vehicle from Hickory, North Carolina, to the villages in Florida. 600-plus miles. It took three and a half days. What the hell did you just say? Had to sleep in his car while charging, because if you don't stay with your car, people unplug you. No! Oh, no, no! I thought that was a joke. My dad just texted me that. That is hilarious. Okay, but think of that reality. Okay, 600 miles for the Phalas is like eight hours. We've been known to do it in seven and a half, according to the State Highway Patrol. Three and a half days. That's not a road trip. That's a hostage situation. No, we're not doing the electric. You could have your own electric car, but I'm not having one. Okay, last I checked, we still have this thing called freedom. And I'm keeping mine, damn it. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.